0: Coming up, what did David Peralta mean to the D-backs? Was it smart for the Angels not to trade Shohei Ohtani right now? And what the hell are the Red Sox doing? Discussing it with Sully Baseball and Yulisa Brano next.
1: You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day, listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. i a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24thatmyportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 from my personal account, or just look up Locked On Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making. Lockdown Diamondbacks, your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, or viewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. Now, let's jump into that conversation with Sully Baseball first and then Yuli Sombrano next.
2: Now, there's a couple other potential moves that could be going around there. Uh, the Yankees are almost certain to pick up at least one pitcher, maybe two. I think they're probably going to reacquire David Robertson. The Yankees love to bring back former Yankees. They, they mm-hmm. just, they, 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 they're such sentimentals. You know, they, they love to bring, oh, David's back in the fold. And there are very few. In fact, I think David Robertson is the only current active player to have been a World Series champion Yankee. I think that's true. I may have to Ooh. look that up. At least he's at least uh, Ian Kennedy was on the 2009 team, but he didn't play in the World Series. He was injured for the World Series, so I believe David Robertson is the only one who actually played.
0: You are correct, in sir.
2: The World Series. Now there may be maybe a September call up who's still hanging around. I don't know, but off the top of my head, the only one who played in the postseason for a Yankee team that won the World Series, so David Robertson. Will oh, be back. and that
0: is still active that you're saying.
2: Yeah, it's still active. Cano. Oh, that's right. Cano is still technically active. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I don't think Cano is coming back. You're <laughs> yeah, right. You're right. I stand corrected. Oh, see, this is the problem when you try to do it from memory. Uh, no, that's I just still told pretty him. good though.
0: Oh, yeah, I got Cano another is one. So out of sight, could.
2: out of mind. But he did. Cano did play this year. You're right. And um, also
0: on this too. I don't know if he played in the World Series, but he was on the roster in 2009. Mark Melanson. I just looked it up.
2: Okay. I don't think he played in the postseason, uh, but he, I could be wrong. But, okay, all right, well, there you go. There are very few left, is yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah,
0: I, I just thought that was fun. That was uh, cool. Ian Candy and Mark who got two World Series champions on the back end of the D-backs
2: bullpen. Come get them, guys. Yeah, yeah. MLB Come trade on, deadline. Dave. Come on. said that Jason Dominguez for them. Um, the uh, Jock Peterson, the, the Giants and the Red Sox have fallen uh, to terrible Julys. Jock Peterson remains, I think, one of the most fascinating trade chips. He's a hot or cold player. He made the all-star team and now got benched. Um, Palo Alto's own Jock Peterson. You know the the significance. If a team acquires him and they win the World Series this year and that team is not called the Dodgers or the Braves, then Jock Peterson will make baseball history to be the first player in the history of the game to win – a World Series title in three straight years with three different franchises. It's mm-hmm. never been done before. You've had players. Pl- you've had two players play in three straight World Series with three different uh, franchises, but not win all of them. Don Baylor with the '86 Red Sox, '87 Twins, and '88 A's, and Eric Hinsky with the '2007 Red Sox, '2008 Tampa Bay Rays, and '2009 Yankees. Peterson won with the Dodgers in the COVID season. And last year with Atlanta. So whatever team acquires him is going to treat him as a lucky rabbit's foot. By the way, a note about Hinsky. He was with the 07 Red Sox, 08 Rays, and 09 Yankees. He also played in the 2010 Braves, who wound up uh, making the wild card and playing the division series, but they got eliminated by San Francisco. So he was trying to make it four in a row. But I digress. So if you're a team that's looking for a lucky rabbit's foot, uh, give the Giants a quick call and pick up uh, Peterson. Uh, I'm going to say a trade that I think should happen. Mm. If the Re- now, I don't think it will, but I think it should. The Red Sox are listening to offers for some of their veterans. Apparently, they're not going to trade Bogarts. But mm-hmm. they are looking at some of the players who are going to be free agents at the end of this year who are veterans and basically say, hey, look, it, we're probably not going to bring him back. So let's get back something for them. The likes of Nathan Eovaldi, the likes of JD Martinez, the likes of Christian Vasquez. Here's what I think they should do. They should not do operation David Peralta and dump them off and get a nondescript player. Mm -hmm. They should package the three of them. And I would rather the Red Sox get one good prospect, maybe not a blue chipper, maybe not a top five, but an actual (laughs) usable prospect and say, hey, look at you get J.D. Martinez, uh, Nathan Nevaldi, and Christian Vassas. You get catching depth, a pro hitter, and a pitcher that went healthy is an all-star with World Series, all three with World Series pedigree. And we want one good prospect from you and a couple of, you know, breathing bodies that you're going to DFA. One actual building block as opposed to three low A, you know, take a bet. If you're going to make a bet, oh, I did that ad read already. But um, I would rather they do that. Like come up to the Mets. The Mets need pitching depth. The Mets need catching depth. And they could use a hitter like J.D. Martinez. Here, you get all the depth you need for the postseason. We want one of your top 10 prospects and a couple of the bodies. That's what I want them to do. I don't think they will, but that's what I want them to do.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I'm a fan of that. So, like, if I'm giving you three of those players in one deal, I'm going to need, a like, a nice package of prospects back. I'm going to need some, maybe a blue chipper or two, or at least some really high-ranking prospects well, because J.D. Martinez We're agreeing. We're agreeing. Yeah.
2: yeah, I'm just saying, okay. they, there has to be at least one in there that I know, okay, this is one we can build on, and we'll take a chance with some of these other ones. As opposed to what happened with Peralta, where they got some guy who's my kid's age, who is who's literally my son's age, uh, saying like, "Oh, maybe he'll be okay in four years."
0: Yeah, because I'll just be so scared of the return I would get back because I feel like I'm giving up so much. J.D. Martinez is still like an all-star level D.H. at the plate. Christian Vasquez is such an underrated catcher. He comes through in big moments. He's great at throwing out base runners and, and really playing just a defensive catcher position. Then Nate Evaldi, like uh, he's been basically the number one for the Red Sox for Chris Sale out the last two years, and he's done a great job at it. He's probably yeah. not an actual number one, but he's a number two, number three, and we've seen what he's done in the World Series, what he did in that game against the Dodgers. Like This is a big game pitcher. So if I'm giving you all three of that, I better get back a Fat package of fat haul, so I don't know if I'd actually get the necessary return I would want when I give up those three. It might be better to split it up and do separate deals. Like if uh, if a team wants all three of those, then maybe I'd do a separate deal for each guy to that team. You want the you want all three of these Mets? Then give me a uh, one specific deal for Vasquez, a different deal for Martinez, and a different deal for uh, Nathan Valdi. Let's get really convoluted and do something like that. Just because I don't feel like I'll get the actual return I would want in terms of value back if I'm trading all three of
2: those guys. See, I disagree with you on this point. I think you would get less if you split them up. Okay. You know? It'd be more
0: difficult to ask if you try to split them up.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think so. But can I ask um, you, Kelly, why are the Red Sox,
0: I know the Red Sox struggling right now, but why have they never, why have they not the last couple of offseason been able to commit to actually building a team, going back to the Mookie Betts trade? Why have the Red Sox have this flipped in philosophy when they've had a freaking core of great talent and now all of a sudden they're seemingly like blowing it up for no reason? Reason like you're the Red Sox, a big market team. You can go out there and spend money. You have all the talent in the world. You have a you're like so close to winning World Series in terms of the talent you have. You just gotta add pieces to it. Instead, they're doing the opposite and keep stripping away season after season. Like it's just a, a money issue for John Henry at this point. Like, what is he doing? At this
2: point, and they also know that the fans are gonna show up, and even all those upset at the Mookie Betts trade, they got to within two wins of the World Series last year. Yeah, you know, that they 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 figured they could be smarter than everybody. Uh, the Mookie Betts trade never made sense, except in a financial point of view. But even that made no sense because it's one of the richest teams in baseball. Why are they treat, Why are they acting like uh, Brad Pitt is going to be playing their GM?
0: Was it smart for the Angels to keep Shohei Otani? Sully Baseball and I are going to discuss. But one thing is smart is eating a Bilt Bar because Bilt Bars are what you need to keep you going throughout your day to live a healthy lifestyle while also feeding that sweet tooth. Because I love Bilt Bar. Because like I mentioned just now, I have a sweet tooth. I like eating candy. I like eating junk food. But I'm at the gym. I'm trying to work out. I'm trying to be healthy. But it's hard with my sweet tooth. That's why I love Bilt Bar. It's a low-calorie. Low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and I feel like I'm eating a candy bar when I eat it. But in reality, I'm actually eating a protein bar covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. And right now, they have these things called cookie dough chunk puffs. Their puff bars are protein infused with marshmallow and, of course, covered in 100% chocolate as well. So go get your built Bar right now. Just go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 at built dot
2: the other big huge potential trade uh, we talked about it last week or the week before Shohei Otani teams are listening to him teams are talking Uh, I know the team where I had said I wanted him to go to the Giants, but the Giants are talking about selling. Um, I have a team where I think he would be the absolute perfect fit for just in terms of everything we were talking about. But I want to hear where y- your your take
0: Yeah, Otani, I just don't think he's going to get moved at this year's trade deadline because he's still got like, he's still under contract for like two more years. So, if I'm the Angels, maybe next year you get a year ahead of it. Maybe next year's trade deadline you start thinking about Otani if your season is just going terrible. But for the Angels, like I still have too much talent in my lineup. Yes, my pitching sucks, but I still feel like I have too much talent on paper in my lineup to just give up on Otani and give up on basically the whole Mike Trout experience. Because if you trade Otani, then I think you have to trade Mike Trout and you just have to start a whole fire sale in that organization. Because you're still paying guys like Anthony Rendon 35 million a year for the next seven years. That's why I feel like you can't just give up on Otani this year and trade him. You still got to try to go into this offseason and just pray that you can finally figure out and pay for a pitcher, or maybe someone like Reed Demeters, um, one of your you know top young pitching guys can finally step up and have a breakthrough season next year because. We all know the pitching needs help in that Angels organization. We know that's been their downfall for the last 10 years. And right now, Otani with still two years of control, and, uh, you know, of with the Angels, I don't think you should move him just yet. Wait at least one more year. See what you could do in this offseason. And if you're lucky, maybe you could um, – maybe make the postseason next year because there was a point this year where the angels were good before they went on like that 17 game losing streak. So hopefully you could look at that and say, how do we get back to that point of the season for next year? Because we can't just trade Otani, the the biggest draw in maybe sports history.
2: Well, again, I had made the point that I, I f- don't think they're going to contend anytime soon and you're, you the haul you can get um, may be worth – the rebuilding process, I would talk to whoever is the runner-up in the Juan Soto sweepstakes. Like, you know, we were talking about St. Louis and San Diego going after Soto. Uh, I think if San Diego is throwing around some of their top prospects and everything like that, and they fall short on Soto, uh, if I were the Angels, I would say, how about for Otani? You know, I would um, I would at least inquire, you know, I everything you're saying makes all this, you're, all, everything you're ma- saying makes sense. And a lot of the revenue streams that comes in because of Otani are probably going to be very hard for the angels to just give up. It's not just a simple baseball move. There's other there's other, you know, revenue moves that would have to come about this as well, that the angels might say, hey, look, it, I don't care if we stink right now otani is bringing x number of money into x number of dollars into the organization we're not mm-hmm. going to trade that to san diego for some prospects but if it turns into a simple baseball move or if that becomes part of the equation um i would talk to whoever is the runner up in the juan soto sweepstakes
0: yeah i whoever if you don't get juan soto if otani legit becomes available you're talking about um what top 100 prospect wouldn't you give up for otani like If you have the top 100 prospects in your organization, you probably should give up the top 10 for sure. Because like we said, like we all know, he does it from both sides at the play on the mound. And that is just indispensable in baseball. There's no one with more value. No one's more valuable. You talk about the MVP, it should be renamed the Otani Award because there's not a player more valuable in baseball than him. So for whoever trades for Otani, it better you better get back the top 10 prospects in someone's organization and like three major leaguers if you're the angels because that will be the biggest that that trade will be the biggest case study in major league history what otani goes for in a trade because i think that could set the market for every superstar trade going after that
2: well establishing otani's value is going to be very difficult i have to say
0: What does David Peralta mean to the D-backs? I'm going to discuss that with Yuli Brando of Locked on Rays next, but... It's trade deadline day, so thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen every day. But the MLB trade deadline is today, so Lockdown MLB has all the breakdowns. Lockdown Dimebacks will have rapid reactions to any moves made, of course. We've already seen the D-backs, trade David Peralta, and Luke Weaver, which we'll be discussing on Wednesday's show. Subscribe now to your favorite Lockdown Dimebacks podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast, so you get notified when each episode premieres.
1: First, uh, I want to thank you for for taking the time. Uh, let's let's get to brass tacks here. People need to know who David Peralta is. You have seen him grow into basically this this cult icon in Arizona. Anything that I've read on social media and articles seems like this guy is universally loved mm-hmm. in Arizona. And I do not know if it's because of the on field uh, display. The off-field um, community help that he does. Uh, can you can you kind of take us and summarize why David Peralta seems to be just a a really lovable guy that every Arizona Diamondback fan seems to be really distraught about losing him. Yeah, because
0: David Peralta, he's not someone that ever made the all-star team. But to D-Backs fans, he's an all-star. With his play on the field, he's reached great heights. He's been a 30-home run guy. If you look at D-Backs franchise leaderboards, Dave Peralta is pretty much top five in every statistical category for D-Backs Nation. Like, this is one of the best people to ever don the Sedona red in Arizona Diamondbacks history. He came through the minor league organization. The D-backs brought him up through his entire career been with the D-backs nine plus years. So when you look at what he's done on the field, he's been a very good player for the D-backs, a gold glover, defensive player, a guy who can hit for you in the middle of your lineup. Someone that could um, really great RBI producer, someone that you trust with runners in scoring position in those clutch situations, in high leverage moments, you know, David Peralta is going to come through for you, but. Like you mentioned, also off the field, you won't find one story of anyone ever having a negative reaction with David Pralta. I know people right now, all the anyone who's ever worked for the D backs organization, they're right now sending their stories and their messages to David Pralta about all their great interactions that they've ever had with him throughout their time, maybe working with David Pralta because. He's that kind of guy. He's a high-value, high-character guy. And you see it in those post-game videos that they were posting last year, him and Eduardo Espar, after Diamondbacks wins. Even though the D-backs are not a very good team, you saw David Peralta and Eduardo Espar uh, rallying all the guys together, doing dance videos, having fun, making people smile. And that's what David Peralta always did. Whenever he played the game, always had a smile on his face, always brought that energy to the ballpark every day. And that's what you want as a fan. You want the players that enjoy the game as much as you enjoy watching them watch them play and and play the sport so for david peralta to to live up to a a certain level of expectation on the field and off the field be a great community guy be a great positive leader in the locker room and be a great player that can come through for you in those big moments at the plate he's someone that's going to be surely missed by dying back's nation and i think the rays got a good one here and for the d-backs the return uh yeah I'm, i'm not loving that 18 year rookie ball catcher for a franchise icon like david peralta
1: yeah, it, it it seems to me that I love the trade, which should obviously, in a race perspective, tell you, hmm, what? They, maybe the Diamondbacks would not be so happy. I mean, again, Serta could become, you know, a great ball player, but it is kind of a lottery ticket when you're 19. You're playing in in the Florida Complex League. You you have a handful of professional games, so obviously, it does seem a little bit light, but. Uh, I, I guess that that's what the market dictated david Peralta was worth and um we will take it uh raise nation is very happy to have him you know for those that don't know uh this is a guy who in 2022 is hitting 248 a 315 mm-hmm. on base a 457 slugging uh 772 ops he destroys righty pitching mm-hmm. not so much lefties anymore. When that when you see that discrepancy between what he does against righties and what he doesn't do uh, against lefties, has he just become a completely uh, a, a platoon kind of guy for the Diamondbacks this year? Not
0: completely, but definitely more than he probably did in the past because Torrey Lavelle absolutely loves playing the cross matchups. Like The days he can Torrey Lavelle will put all righties versus lefties or all lefties versus righties. Like He's very old school in that way. So There's definitely a lot of days where Dave Pralta is sitting against lefties, but I wouldn't say he's exclusively platoon because he's still a guy that you trust no matter if it's a righty or lefty on the mound. Like I said, in those high leverage moments in the clutch situations, he is someone that you're still going to trust in that eighth inning or later on and still defense. Defensively from that standpoint he's so he's still someone that you want to have out in the outfield in left field because you know he's not gonna make any mistakes there he's not the most athletic player but what he makes up for with his you know maybe average athleticism he makes up for it with his iq very smart defensive outfielder out there he can get to pretty much all the balls um pretty solid arm as well so david Peralta, i think uh you know he, he's not a complete platoon player anymore. I mean, he's not going to be a complete platoon player, but he's not someone that's going to be an everyday player for you if you're the Tampa Bay Rays. You are going to play mostly against right-handed pitching, but that doesn't mean you can't play him against lefties because he still brings other aspects to his game on the days he's playing against lefties.
1: You know, I, I do like the the fact that you are are, are mentioning the outfield uh, play because I see that he's rated eighty in the 88th percentile for outs above average 60-second percentile in outfielder jump. Uh, So, I mean, he is uh, a gold glove winner, like you said. And, you know, I I can wax poetic uh, about him, too, uh, even though he is just a ray, has just been a ray for one game, uh, going one for four, um, because there's something that we call uh, the Venezuelan bump in lockdown. Anytime that there's a Venezuelan-born player, I always give him the bump. So David Peralta, freight train. By the The way, where did the Freight Train, uh, where did that nickname come from? You know, that's a good question. I've actually never done the research
0: on why he's called the freight train, but it is a fun nickname. And whenever he, you know, whenever he uh, hits bombs or long doubles in the gap, you know, the social media team is going to be like, oh, freight train off the tracks and everything like that. We're choo-chooing <laughs> to the next station. And it's especially fun when you're playing like New York team, like the Yankees, or the Mets, and they got the subways out there. So you're going to do a lot of freight train related puns when he's killing those New York teams, because we know probably going to be talking later about how a team in your division is loading up right now for the postseason.
1: Yeah, no, and uh, certainly, I think. Um, but before we 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 kind of uh, move on a little bit, I just want to say it's 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 nice to see moves happen when the offense needed some help. I mean, the race offense has just been kind of in a in a taciturn state, uh, mostly because of injuries, and uh, they needed some some somebody who can step up. And, and provide some uh, run production. I mean, this is a guy, a career 803 OPS guy. Uh, he has 12 bombs uh, this year. It seems like he is hitting the ball hard still. He's in the 78th percentile in hard hit percentage. So you're going to get some production of him. They already used him in batting mm-hmm. fifth, which is his best spot in the lineup. Uh, he's actually, when he's put in the in, in the fifth spot, he hits 274 with a 331 on base, a 479 slugging, a10 OPS. So this is a guy that now you can slot right in there in the middle of the action and and should be a lot of fun. That's it for this edition of the Lockdown diebacks podcast. Shout out to Sully Baseball and Ulyson Sombrano
0: for hopping on today. we got part two with Ulyson Sombrano. A little bit of a discussion, just talking about some of the trades that have gone on in baseball with the Frankie Montes deal, the Yankees, a division rival loading up um, in the ALE. So we're going to be talking about that with and Brando. I'm hopefully talking about a little Luke Weaver on Wednesday as well. I want to talk to Lockdown Royals host Ryan Styles. So I'm going to go hit him up after this podcast to see if he wants to do a crossover We're talking about Luke Weaver and Emmanuel Rivera, so be on the lookout for that. But thank you for making Lockdown Diamondbacks your first listen every day. Make your second listen Lockdown, and we'll be with my pal Sully because you know he's a walking baseball encyclopedia. Come back tomorrow for more Diamondbacks news, covered in insight. Going to be talking about trade deadline stuff all week, of course. So don't worry. If Luke Weaver stuff doesn't come out on Wednesday, there will be a pod about Luke Weaver and Dave Peralta probably further in depth this week. No doubt about it. So be on the lookout for that. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Deuces.